You're listening to the Bear in Mind podcast, episode number 22. A podcast uncovering identity, color, and love. Where driving yourself crazy is totally sane and curable. Now your host, T. Bias. Today, I have two stories for you. One is a recent one, and the second one was when I was eight years old, and it was my first racial slur. And that's actually why I have the explicit tag on this podcast episode. And it's actually not the first time I was aware of a racial slur or having heard a racial slur. It's actually the first time I said a racial slur to somebody else. In between these two stories, I think you'll see how they both connect to each other. And maybe you'll consider another way of responding to racial comments. So I'll start with a story that happened recently in my adulthood. And it was during the COVID pandemic, and I had to go in for an in-out surgery. And so before the surgery, I had to come to the hospital two days in advance to get, well, a COVID test, and then also to get a blood test to make sure I was okay to go into surgery. And I remember the day being really warm and the sun was shining and I live in a place where it's normally gray and raining. So it was a really nice day. So then I arrive in the room where I'm going to get my blood drawn and and the nurse is there. And she starts to ask me some questions and it's not in English, it's in another language. And so she can clearly hear my foreign accent. And so she asked me the questions, asked me to sit down, and she's about to clean my arm with alcohol. And she says to me, in uh, another language, she says to me, well, I'm just going to wipe the brown right off. And I thought I misunderstood what she had said. And I didn't say anything. I didn't smile. I just looked at her. And so then she repeated herself. And nope, she said that. She says, well, I'm just going to wipe, get rid of the, actually, the translation is I'm just going to get the, take off all the brown. I'm going to take off all the brown. And so she's standing there with the needle about to go into my vein. And I give her a cursory smile and I'm angry. I was like, okay, I'm here just to get my blood drawn. And, and, I would have to say I was angrier than probably just from the usual kind of everyday racial comment because whenever I usually get my blood drawn, there is some comment about the color of my skin. Sometimes it's like, oh, it's so hard to see the vein because your skin is so dark and and things like that. So I was sitting there and she had to fill up four vials, so it took some time. And I was thinking about how... I would like to respond to what she had said. So back when I was eight years old, my parents decided to move from the city of Chicago, actually inside the city, to a suburb outside of the city. We did this primarily to be closer to where my mom worked. So that meant at eight years old, changing schools. And I remember... Not exactly the feelings, but 
you know, that kind of apprehension, the nervousness. And the school was so vastly different from a school in Chicago. And I remember it just being a big classroom, not filled with as many students as possible. And I was assigned my own desk, which was also a very new thing for me. And your desk is next to another student. And then all the other desks are spread out, but always teamed up with two kids next to each other. And the girl next to me, she was a white girl. And I'll give her the name Harriet. And she was super nice. And we got along great. We had our desks next to each other. and. It was such a great experience getting to know her that I remember all kind of the apprehension and the nervousness of being in a new school went away. And I remember coming home and being so excited from this new experience and having a new friend that I would come home and I would tell my mom all about Harriet. And it'd always be like, Harriet this, Harriet this, Harriet has this pencil case, Harriet's wearing this. And my mom's response probably didn't equal my own excitement, and though she did ask me one question. She asked me, what, well, what's her last name? And I couldn't pronounce it. I, I remember I could see her name because all of our names are on our desks, and I tried my best to say it to my mom, and I didn't think anything of it. And... I continued, you know, to be excited for the first few weeks coming home and sharing all of the stories from school. And then my mom said to me, after telling her a Harriet story, she said, ask her if she's a Jew. And at that time, I didn't know what that word was or, or meant. And so I did as my mom said. I went she had her locker also next to me, so I asked her one day, are you a Jew? And still today, the look on Harriet's face is ingrained in my mind. And it's not surprising that Harriet and I didn't continue to play together, and we weren't as close as we were in the first couple of weeks when school began. And back in the hospital where I was getting my blood drawn, I thought of ways in which I could address the nurse. She was a white nurse, and I thought, well, I could make her aware that that comment, I don't appreciate that comment. And I could tell her, look, maybe your intention was to make a joke or something, yet that's not how I see it. And I went back and back and forth in my mind as the four vials were filling up. And I knew I had to make a decision because I had to exit the room quickly for the next person to come in and get their blood drawn. At eight years old, I didn't understand exactly why Harriet stopped playing with me, why she stopped talking to me, even though we sat next to each other. And so life went on in elementary school. And then and then in the ages from 10 to 13 in middle school, Harriet and I were both on the track and field team together. And so while we were on the team together, Harriet was civil to me. She was nice. And although we never spoke as we had or ever 
became friends again, we were teammates for this brief period in time. And so at the end of middle school, at the end of the year, we have, we signed each other's yearbooks. And her message in my yearbook was, uh, it was a great being a teammate and you have fantastic track scores or something like that. <laughs> and after that, she, I don't know if she moved away or went to a different, chose a different school. I haven't seen her since then, since that last day at school. I was rehearsing my speech that I was going to give the nurse as the fourth file, the last file filled up with my blood. And as she wiped off the blood off my arm, put a bandage on and said we were done, I got up and I was ready to say something. And in that moment, I changed my mind. Instead, I said to her, in my lovely foreign accent, thank you for all that you have done and are doing during the COVID pandemic. And her back was to me and she was filling out the forms or putting the stickers on the vials. And she grunted in acknowledgement of my thank you. And she didn't turn around or anything. And I walked out of the room. I left the hospital and I walked out into the warm, sunny day. And I thought of Harriet. I'll check back with you next week. Thanks for listening. Listen for a new episode next Tuesday by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Bye for now.